It is winter of the year 1091 of the Third Age. Ziv, you find yourself in the chamber of the Arcane Well after Ramora gave his briefing on the orbs and this ritual to power them. You and the others have just found out that some of you have been selected by Heltrone to live eternally here on Asus and protect it from not only interplanar dangers, but itself. As you have journeyed across Asus ever since you left your home in the Norfair Wood, you have found that there is an unrest across the world of Asus. And this ritual, this mission, this anointment, this is what Heltrone and Remora believe can bring peace to Asus. Heltrone has gathered those now known as guardians on one end of the chamber. He stands in the center of you all with his head down. He says, Believe me. Believe me when I say this. This is our only choice. This is beyond any king or nation's decision. The wizard's rainbow will go through with this, with or without us. Annette, a golden krell, spits at the ground. <sighs> Another terrible choice for the wizard's rainbow. But if I can continue to grow in strength over this lifetime, maybe I can fix things. Yes, I agree, Hannette. An eternity is plenty of time to find an alternate route. I think I may have found one, but it will take a lot of work on my end to tame it. What are you talking about, Ixtolu? Oh, you'll see, Jiminy. You must see this is required. This could save all of Asus for eternity. But what about my people, Edemo? What about the dwarves of Ladreldon? I, like Dulun... I'm worried about my people. The elves will not stand for this. But I saw what was in that gate to Grixolus. I know the danger we face. I will do my part. What? What did you see? I'm sorry, I just got here today. I still have not been briefed on what everyone has been doing. An abomination attempted to enter Asus when the gate was open. A beast larger than a mountain. A beast that could feed off our minds. We must trust Heltron. He has not steered us wrong yet. I may be against the decisions, but it's not my place to question it. I will do my duty. The Crimson Command will continue to grow and do what is needed to protect Asus. You're not a little irked that they put this boy in as a guardian over you, Kristoff? I trust their decision, Vorin. Now focus on your own duties and not mine. That will be all for now. A mage from the Wizard's Rainbow walks up. Escort them out of the school. I will call upon you all when I need you again. Everyone turns and begins to follow the mage. But Ziv, you hold back to talk to Heltron. Kilnar had just walked up as well, and you find yourself in a conversation with Heltron and Kilnar. Yes, Ziv? Look, Heltron? I understand a lot of this is going over my head, and I wasn't really involved in the planning, but, but it feels so wrong not letting the people know. Thousands upon thousands of people are going to die. Families will crumble. Towns will be shattered. And no one's going to know why or what's going on. The people need to at least know something. It's their right. Ziv, it isn't that simple. If we do not do this, the Wizard's Rainbow will do this without us. Ramora chose me to find the people who could represent each of these elements fairly and justly. If we do not get involved and play by their rules... We will have no say at all. I'm... I'm in a bind, Ziv. Do you not trust me? It's not so much a matter of trust. I, I, I just don't feel good. But how we're going about it. I trust that you're doing your best, but... The, the chaos this will bring. 
about the un unsuspecting world. It'll be cataclysmic. I, I just... What? Why do I feel like such a bad guy right now? I'm the guardian of law, but I don't feel very just. Why do I feel like such a bad guy right now? And this is exactly why I chose you. You weigh decisions heavily on your heart. What I ask of you, I know is a lot to bear. We do not know what could come of this, but I need you to not worry of the world right now. You will have an eternity to do that. This is your destiny, Ziv Reinhold. This is who you were meant to be. These must be the flames of war you hold back. Now go, catch up with the others. You won't be able to get out of this school without being escorted. I will talk with you again soon. The second night after leaving Erlen, the five of you make camp. You decide to take on the night sky for a while as you cook up a meal. Each of you have taken up a part in the meal. What are each of you doing? I'll gather berries. Assuming we're like, we got like a big cast iron pot over a flame. I, I just want to have one hand on my pouch and the orbs and the other hand with a big ladle just stirring. Okay. What are you cooking? <laughs> it's probably some sort of stew. Maybe a Kath or Dora, someone's caught a rabbit and we got maybe some you know, gathered, like, uh, herbs and veggies we found throughout the forest. Is somebody hunting? I'll help Keth catch a rabbit. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll catch a rabbit. Okay. Rabbits on the menu, then? Rabbits, too. I've noticed uh, a nice little bush of some uh, Lathansis basil. <laughs> okay. And I'm just over there, like, picking out all the nice, pristine leaves and, like, <laughs> crushing them up a little bit, putting them in the pot. <laughs> Perfect. What about you, Astra? I'm going to be sitting with Oystrich on my bedroll, just kind of thinking about life. Okay. Being kind of down. Being kind of depressed. The last two days of journey on this road have been pretty quiet between all of you. The events in Erlin and the Temple of Daloon have left you a little lost for words. But then one of you breaks the silence as you lean back against a log, finishing your plate. <clears throat> <laughs> Friends, quiet for just a second. Have you ever noticed the rustling of the wind do you ever hear the woodland animals scurrying about in the forest do you ever notice these sounds they're so minute but so beautiful ever since i got my new ear back the world is just beautiful now the world's always been like that doris well i couldn't tell because i had one ear but look now look Look into it. It goes straight into my brain. Yes, we, we've seen it, Doris. It's real. It's real, yes. It's a gift. You know two people died because of that. Well, I know a whole lot more people died because of what you did. And I'm going to turn my shoulder to her. Now, now Doris, you, we all know that wasn't Astra's fault. It was unintentional, right? Of course it was unintentional. She would have killed... All of the, the people that were sick on purpose. We are one party. We are all at fault. We work as one. We're a team. This is true. There's no reason to shift the blame on one specific person. I mean, it, it is my fault. It's not your fault, Astra. I'll just try to put my hand on her shoulder to comfort her. I mean, I was going to say, we weren't. We didn't all decide. I would have slammed her in the water, too. You just got there before I could. Yes, a, a simple mistake. It's just we, we need to put it behind us and, and look forward. We have other things that we need to accomplish. It is a shame what happened, and we, we all make mistakes, but there is a grander story at stake that we all have a part to play. 
I regret many things uh, along this journey, but like Felmir says, we have to push forward. Mistakes are mistakes. We will learn from them, and we will try and be better. We're doing what we have to to protect the orbs. Absolutely. Well, what's the first thing that we're going to do when we get to Chandelin? You have a uh, Crimson Command outpost there? Yes, yeah. I mean, with the my initial thought was to go directly for the Black Orb and, and, and my friend. I mean, now that we know that we're so compromised and that this message is out to, to, to the world and to whoever might be after me or us, I, I don't know if going directly there is the right call. I, I think I might want to can I kind of keep a, a watch from a distance for maybe a day or two uh, to make sure that everything is okay before I go present myself or all of us? Yes, we should proceed with caution. I mean, based on the past few Crimson Command outposts we've been to, that it's, it's likely there's trouble. This is going to be some sort of uh, the, the final chapter as far as some of that is concerned. I hope so. And Astra, that, that witch, she, she lived in Chandelin, right? Yes, um, Olga... Yeah, I was hoping that we could track her down, see if I can find out what she did to Oystrich. But, I mean, it's it's not a huge priority. I would, I would like to seek her out if there's time. Well, maybe that could give us the opportunity to scout around. Yeah, we could try and accomplish that goal first while keeping a distance and watching. You know, we're, uh, maybe we can uh, you know, do that to bide some time while we check out where Bryn says he is and make sure that he's okay and the black orb that he has found is okay before we actually present ourselves. Yes, indeed. I heard everything that was just said perfectly. Well, that's, that's, that's good. So, so you're on the same page then. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Well, I guess at least we have somewhat of a plan. It's better than nothing. It's the year 725 of the Fourth Age. The five of you camp on the side of the road. Resting in the little lemon hut from another day's journey, four of you have already fallen asleep, but one of you sits anxiously. Finch, you have not slept the last two nights. Every so often, you catch your companions eyeing you, and you quickly reach for the orb, scared they are gone again. An unease has settled over you, a paranoia that is running deep through your veins. In the dim light of this magical hut, you sit with the green and red orbs in your hand, staring deep into them. A warmth comes over you as your vision fades to a swirling of bright colors. Lush tones of blue, green, yellow, and red intertwine as they push further and further into the background. The colors become a luminescent spinning disc fading into a dark, empty void. But then a streak of light shoots from the spiral across the dark. This beam of light grows ever closer as you move to it. The closer you get, the larger it is, and you realize just how vast this space is. You then enter this beam and travel with it across this dark void. You're moving faster and faster. It has gone silent around you as you appear to be moving faster than the speed of sound. It's getting brighter and brighter, and then it comes to an abrupt halt and the light dims. As your eyes adjust, you are standing beneath an arc in a dark room. 
Metal tubing and cables are attached to this arc, and the platform you are on is a metal grate going through the center of the arc. You stand in silence, taking in your surroundings, and then a small circular platform across the room lights up with energy. And you see someone familiar appear standing next to a half-elf woman dressed as a Crimson Command Scout. That familiar person is Chismrism. They are walking towards you, and Chismrism, speaking to the half-elf woman, says, All right, the Chaos Portal has been through many tests now, but we are ready for your mission. We are calling this experiment 1267. Human, well, half-human, testing, the woman says. Okay, I'm ready when you are. You blink, and your entire scene changes. You're back in the little lemon hut. But standing in the center of the hut is a spectral being. You look around you to your companions, and time seems to be frozen still. The spectral being is the image of a man. He's dressed in armor with a sword sheathed to his side and a shield strapped to his back. He looks at you curiously with a straight face. He tilts his head slightly to the left and a smile forms. He steps forward and squats down on his toes. He reaches out his hand and touches your face. You can feel his fingers as if he wasn't spectral. And he leans back to sit on the ground in front of you while taking his shield off. You recognize the shield. It's the one from Saravel that the Revenant King was trying to reach in the temple. And it clicks for you. This is Heltron, the guardian of life. He says, Hello, Flynn Cartwright, son of Adam Cartwright. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. Heltron? Uh, a- Adam? You knew my father? No. You see, you were one of my descendants. My blood is your blood. Your destiny was my own at one time. I may have failed, but you still have time to accomplish this goal for the sake of your name and my name. And what is that goal? What is our destiny? Well, balancing aces, of course. I'm sure you know that the equilibrium happened, but as you can tell, it's failed. Part of balancing Aces required removing immortality from all, but there was backlash for it. And with the new elements, I don't know if Aces will truly ever find an equilibrium. I assume you have found several places in Aces that have proven the world is still unbalanced. This is our world's eternal fight. So am I, am I even doing the right thing, trying to collect the orbs? I, I feel like that is my mission, to protect them. And But is that, is that even right? Is it more dangerous to have them all in one place on me? Who, who am I to protect them? The orbs are some sort of key to stopping an oncoming doom. We fought against Vorin long ago, but I have come to warn you that the war we so desperately tried to stop is still coming. Vorin, the guardian of evil, he's been amassing an army in Grixolis, and we, the guardians, are helpless to stop him. The war of the guardians over 700 years ago has crippled us, and we depend on our appointed lesser guardians to fight against imbalances. But many have been lost to time, and violence, and corruption. So then, who am I? What? I've always thought I was some guy. You're not just some guy, Flynn. The elements have been on your side ever since your birth. When you were born, you were born in the nation of Rodana, a war-torn nation. A nation that continues to try and conquer Asus. And the people of Rodana, though, may not know it. They themselves are an imbalance. Most of my own people are part of the problem. But, I mean, again, I've always, I I still don't really feel like I know where I come from. Adam, and then who is my my mom? Is it, do you know? 
Generations have gone on. You are one of my descendants. Was Adam a descendant as well? He was. And so who was he to you? Just another descendant along your line, or...? Yes, but you see, Flynn, your time of life in the timeline has put you in a position where you, as my descendant, has been given this quest, this destiny, this fate. It could have happened in anyone's timeline, but Vorin is now amassing this army. Vorin is now attempting to attack Asus. And, and, and I'm to stop it. You are to do your best. There's no telling what your fate truly is. What, what am I... So if my goal is to get the orbs, that, that is right, right? That's what I'm supposed to do? I do believe that the orbs are a key in this. And what do I do when I, when I get them? Do you know? I do not. Hmm. But you must trust in your companions. Everyone you've met. Someone may be able to give you an answer. Like who? Do you, do you know my companions as well? Are, are they descendants of someone else? They are not. Though one of them is the spawn of Exdolu, a good friend of mine. He unleashed the power of Mestic, which is the one that corrupts your friend Keth. And Keth being possessed by this Mestic in turn makes him somewhat a guardian. But he's good. He's on, he's on our side. He is. Again, Exdolu was a good friend of mine. He did seek a lot of power, but I'm afraid that power never truly corrupted him. I think if he would have continued on his life, it would have corrupted him, but the war against Warren ended his life. But Flynn, I can't stick around too long. The people of Asus may never really experience a time of balance. For now, my son, I must go. I wish I could assist you in your quest, but these orbs you carry are your burden now. Be careful to not let them destroy you like they did me and my companions. Uh, how could they destroy me? I mean, I can hold them. Like They are powerful artifacts. Your blood lets you hold on to them. But I have to go, Flynn. What, what about the blue orb? Do you, do you have any idea where I could find it? Kristoff protects it. Kristoff. Well, we did what we could to bring about the equilibrium. I do not believe it will ever be possible in Asus. I'm afraid that Asus will forever be cursed by these orbs, and there's nothing we can do about it. Then what am I doing? And Heltron's form begins to fade away. What am I supposed to do? No! And then you hear Keth snore come in as time continues. The little lemon hut fades away. Sunlight beats down on all of you. And all five of you instantly pretty much wake up to the daylight. Let's sit up and look around. Oh, good morning. Good morning. That was a nice peaceful sleep. I'm going to open my eyes and immediately start going through my things. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm laying there on my back and I just kind of like my eyes open. I'm just staring at the sky. I don't even like move my body for a while. Okay. I'll start like poking around in our little cauldron pot, seeing what's left from the night before. There's a little bit of residue. It's a little like stuck to the bottom, a little dried out. Yeah. I'm going to kind of sit up and be like, uh, notice maybe Felomir poking around and be like, Felomir, um, maybe j- join me out into the woods. Let's go find some uh, some debris, something, some wood we can burn to get this pot going again before we leave. Uh, uh Okay. As I'm like halfway digging a ration out of my bag. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, walk with him to the wherever he leads me. Just out to the woods a little bit. Okay. You um kind of walk away from the camp as the three of you are getting ready for your journey again today. Felomir, you start picking like some herbs or something, mm-hmm. and uh, Finch is not really stopping for things. He's just continuing to walk. So you 
briefly get back up to your feet and try to catch up to him. And like constantly running my hand through my hair, like my nervous tick, like trying to get my life together. <laughs> uh, there, I mean, there's plenty of, of wood right here, Finch. I think this this will do, yeah. I'm going to just stop walking, look up at the sky, and then look back at him and down at my feet. I had a vision. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was ready to, I, I know the whole vision thing is can, can be a, a sore spot around our party, but I just never had one before. It was, it was something else. Well, do tell, Finch. Heltrin, he was right there in the middle of the hut. I, I could feel him. He touched my face. Felomir, it was, it was unreal, but real in every sense of the word that I can think. I, hmm. Were you able to speak with him? Well, we spoke, yeah, for, for a while. He, I'm his kin. I, I'm in his bloodline. I'm part of a destiny that was written before I was ever born, apparently. Okay, this is sounds like quite a vision. What what did he say exactly? Somehow I play a very large part. We 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 aren't wrong in thinking that I think to collect the orbs and protect them, but they they seem to be. I think he thinks they're more of a key. They're not the end all be all. It's they're they're a part of something even greater than we. I guess we can even fathom at this point. I hmm. he. He knew my father, Adam. Heltron knew your father? At least of him. He knows of me. Hmm. Can't say I've ever spoken to him before in my life, but he seems, you know, very well to know me. Yes, well, I mean, we did have some indication that you were of the bloodline of a guardian. So I guess this proves it. Yeah, uh, and he 100% confirmed, uh, you know, Keth and Exdolu being a thing, and... I, I I tried to figure out if you knew anything about the blue orb. He said Kristoff is the protector of the blue orb, and maybe that can help us in the future. But makes sense. I just I, I don't know, man. I, 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 Vorin Vorin is amassing some sort of army, and I, I think we're doing the right thing about going to where these imbalances are. Like that's that is a thing. That's did did he say anything of Chandelin? No, we didn't speak of Chandelin. I should have said something. I mean, I I guess I was taken aback by Helltrone in general, but there so there was also there were all of these colors and, and they were swirling and like the there was a beam of light and the, the closer I got to it the more small and insignificant I felt and I realized how just vast the space was that I was in. It it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense and Chismrism was there and a half elf woman and the Something about the chaos portal? At this point, I'm kind of like furrowing my brow a little bit. Like, I haven't been sleeping for too long, but this sounds like it might have been a dream. Maybe. I really... I, I, th- I, feel, I feel deep down it was more than just a dream. Hmm. Would the, the swirling of colors, would that mean anything to me? I was thinking uh, the well, the arcane well. I'd say you could probably put that together. Like, maybe okay. it sounds like a portal. Okay. Um, well, based on your de- description, uh, the only time I've seen anything that I can imagine that would be close to it was when I was in the Arcane Well. Um, it was a, a large well with a lot of swirling colors. Um, maybe they're related in some way. Wasn't the uh, the well a portal? Yeah. Yes, it was. 
because I mean, towards the end of the vision, it, it was Chism Rism on some sort of platform with some woman, and the chaos portal was mentioned, and they said it was trip one thousand two hundred sixty-seven. Uh, do you even remember what trip number they were on when we met Chism Rism? Uh, I I don't, but I don't think it was that many. Uh, d- you said there was a woman with him, a, a half elf woman. Was she familiar to you? No, I, I did not recognize her. Hmm. Well, Finch, I think this is something that we should share with everyone. No, no, I, and I have all intent to enlighten it, everyone. I just, I needed to work my head out with someone first. I, of course. As much as I love Dora, sometimes he can kind of jump at things, and I know he's very weary of Astra's visions, and just wanted to be sure of my own stance before I, I put myself out there. Yeah, I understand. Um, let's let's make our way back and 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 discuss this with everyone. I'm gonna bend down, and just pick up a bunch of twigs and bullshit, and just rip it out of the ground. And I'm gonna, as he's doing that, I'm gonna be like, "Don't bother, I can make fire." <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you called me out here in the first place. <laughs> All right, so you return to the camp, and you see the three of them have like completely packed up their things, and they seem to be ready for the journey. And we'll say, Kath, you're probably tending to the horses for a second just to make sure they're getting some feed or something. Just going to immediately walk up and just open up to everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to be sure before I brought this up, but I, I had a vision last night, guys. Yeah, a, a real one. One that felt more real than almost reality itself. It was strange. I'm just going to tilt my head. I know. I, I know what you're thinking, and I expected it, and I kind of thought it myself, you know, when I when I woke up this morning. I was merely listening. What? What happened? Well, I, I guess I'll try and start from the beginning this time. I, I, I kind of told the story bad to Felomir over here, but there were colors. There, were, there was a lot of swirling involved, a, a lot of abstract vision that I, I didn't quite understand that eventually just turned into, I think, realizing how small I am and maybe how small my part and everything could be is or just how smart this whole world is compared to the vastness of everything. Oh, this sounds like existential. This is interesting. Go on. And so, so I think me and Flamir may have worked out that it could have been some sort of portal I was seeing somehow. And Chismrism was there at the end. He was on some sort of platform with a half-elf woman. And oh God, I, they were on trip 1,000-something. I think it's higher than we remember. So maybe I'm seeing something in the future? Hold, wait, wait. Are you talking about the Chaos Portal? Yes. It, it, what, he specifically said the chaos portal. He said this. Yes. What happened? <laughs> a smile. <laughs> my, I wish I could tell you more, but my vision doesn't really go quite beyond that part of that part of the vision. Because the next thing I know, Helltron is sitting right in the middle of our of our tiny hut, talking to me, touching me, and I can feel his hand on my face. He's, I'm somehow akin to Helltron. I'm in the bloodline. He knew my father, Adam, who was also a part of the line. He, said he didn't know who my my mom was but i but i am certain that i i am part of the line of hellstrone and i am in charge of fixing something something that is coming there there is a war coming and, and foreign is in charge he is creating something massive and evil and the the orbs i, I believe are are a key from from what i understand they're they're not quite the answer that that i think i initially thought they were but don't I thought we had to protect the orbs. I thought that's our whole purpose. I think that that is still the purpose, but I, I don't know that that's going once we 
get them. I don't know if that's going to be the end of it. I think it's going to lead to something else, something bigger. Maybe. Hold on. Maybe our role is to just make sure that this this key, these orbs, don't fall into the wrong hands. That's kind of what we've been doing this whole time. I mean, we've never really known what we were going to do when we got them other than protect them. That is my life's work. As far as I know it, as far as I see it, it is it is all that I will do and try to do. Did did Heltrod say anything to you? I mean, yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the previous war crippled the guardians and when when Vorn won, that the lesser guardians are now the last line of defense and they're dwindling. I'm gonna look at uh, Aster as he says that and say, "Like, like Salamandel is a lesser guardian, right?" That's true, and we did kill Dolaro. And Salamandel was long dead by the time we were there, right? Maybe they, maybe they need new guardians, the, the lesser ones, of course. I have a question. You said that Vorin won the War of the Guardians. That's what Heltron told Finch. But that's not the typical story, though, is it? Okay. It's the mural in the School of Planner Learning. Mm-hmm. Uh where that was a mural of the War of the Gu- of the Guardians and mm-hmm. then y'all have assumed that because he's been locked away in the book that he lost. Right. Well, now Finch, you said that Hiltron said that Vorin won the War of the Guardians? Yeah, yes, the the Guardians lost. Well, that's that, that's ridiculous. Yes, that is not true at least to my knowledge. That is Quite strange. I mean, the story of the War of the Guardians that I've always been told was that the Guardians won and locked Vorin away in 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 the, the book. I know he was saying that for balance, there could not be immortality, and that caused quite an uproar as well. And hmm, look, uh, that balance will be an eternal fight. That it may not even be a, a, maybe not even achievable. I I don't know. Look. I went to college, okay? I studied this, this very thing. That's not true. Well, then who... Why would Heltrone lie to me? Or, or were, you, were you either saying Heltrone lied to me or it wasn't Heltrone Look, I that don't I mean, spoke to? I don't mean to be the vision critic or whatever. I'm just saying I paid to go to school and learn all this. You just had a dream. I know. And I'm just going to shrug. But he had a vision. It's more than a dream. Is it? Look, oh, okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. I think in this instance, it's more than a dream. I've dreamt. I, I've never never had this before. And we know that Finch is the descendant of a guardian. Yes, indeed. I mean, Helltrin just told me. And I I recall reading something about immortality. Let me, let me see. And I'm going to pull out my library. Okay. You open up the library, and I'm going to go into it, and I want to get to the arcane code. All right, you pull the arcane code and walk out of your library. Well, no, and oh. also, since my mind was on it, I want to uh, just put my eyes on the on the Book of Vorn. The Book of Vorn still sits silent on a shelf. Okay, I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. And I'll walk back out. Uh, yes, and here, this book. Where did I, do you remember where I got this book? It was gifted to you by Remora. Right. Um, I, I found this in my library. I believe it was a gift from Remora, written in this 1186 of the Second Age, written by some KMR person. Somewhat related to Kristoff Morning Rise, I would believe. Let's see here. It says that necromancy and divination magic is forbidden in all forms, as Asians are immortals. So we know that was true at some point. 
So that was before the war, I guess. Yes, quite a while before. In the Second Age. That sounds crazy to me. Most orcs don't live past 50. And and that was part of the balance of Asus, was ending immortality. Hmm. So you, you say this has to do with the, the chaos portal? That that was the beginning of the vision. Yes, it was. It was I, I I guess I was seeing the chaos portal, maybe the inside of it, and eventually Chisholm Rism and the half elf woman. So he's just been testing it on people. I guess maybe trying to perfect it or get it to do what he wants. Well, he did try to get us to go through it, and for some reason we did not. But we don't have to talk about that. Yes, but what does Chisholm Rism and the chaos portal have to do with Helltron? And who's this half-elf woman? Hmm. Well, this is all a little disturbing. At any rate, we should proceed to Chandelin, I believe. We can ponder this on the way. All right, well, I've got, uh, I've got everything packed up and the horse is ready to go, so let's go. And I actually am glad you guys didn't actually go get firewood because we ate the rest of that stew while you guys were gone. Uh, Sorry. It's it's quite all right. I'll uh, go back for that ration I was trying to get out <laughs> before Finch called me out. On the horizon, the peaks of tall buildings and high walls come into view. This beacon of light and bastion of prosperity, the city of Shandlin rests on the banks of the Gold Run River. From the hilltops heading down into this wide, slow-declining river valley, you can see the layout of the City of Gold. But the magnificence of the city walls first takes hold of your enchantment. You all have heard of the walls, but only Astra had seen them. And it is completely true. The polished, reflective shine of these walls blinds you from this angle as the sun beats down from above. It doesn't appear that a single stone is tarnished or missing this gold plating. An army approaching this city in the daytime would have a difficult view of their defenses from a distance. The golden plating may be a glamorous thing to most, but it appears to also act as a defensive measure. Getting closer to the city, you cross the Gold Run River on a bridge, and the road you travel on turns from dirt to cobblestone after crossing the bridge. You are approaching a northeastern gate following the path. Cluttered on the left and right sides of the road before reaching the gate, Small cottages and merchant tents hug the edges of this now cobblestone road. It is packed very tightly, and the hustle and bustle of people all around your wagon keeps you moving slow. On the right side of the road, a large enclosed barn sits quietly amongst the chaos. A sign sits over the barn door, and it's called Pedestrian to Equestrian. Hey, should we get our return on the money? Belmere, do you want it? I think this is the place. Oh, wow, yeah. So I'm gonna start guiding us that way. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we could just keep the wagon and the horse, right? Well, let me know before we get there. I'm not concerned about the money. Do you think this wagon and horses will be a hindrance? I mean, we're moving rather slowly as it is. Hmm. That's true. Perhaps we should. We could always get another wagon and horse. We'll just hitch we it to. here until we're ready to go. Yeah, if they let us. Let's let's go talk. So you bring the wagon to a halt next to the barn. And after halting the wagon and stepping off, you look around briefly. The populace of Shandlin appears to be very diverse. This multicultural trade hub seems to be home to many species from all over Aces. Some you have never even seen before. Among the species you are familiar to, Keh, you are blown away by a man that stands taller than you. You find yourself lifting your chin up to this Goliath who stands taller than even Stefan Grakaya back on Captain Kaya's ship. 
He is carrying a barrel of ale on his left shoulder with ease. Finch, you find a little unease as you see five goblins walking through the streets, as you have had to fight goblins in the forest of Tempia. But these five wear thick leather aprons and dirty clothes underneath. A soot seems to have coated their skin, and then you realize quickly that these five are blacksmiths as they enter their little wooden shop called Meddling Affairs across the street from the stable. Nice. <laughs> and Felomir, unlike Loran, Clanport, Erlen, and even Nien on your return from the Arcane Well, for once amongst a populated area, you don't feel eyes on you. Did you see those goblins walk by? Uh, yeah, I'm watching them. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on, Finch. That's a little racist. <laughs> oh, wow, another tiefling. I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Also, I've seen a couple of them since we've gotten here. I know. And did you see that guy? And I'll point the Goliath, who's probably walking away at this point. He's even bigger than Stuffin was. I'm going to pull his arm down. Don't Point at people! He's huge, I say. <laughs> I just have my head down like, oh, God. <laughs> I can't take you guys anywhere! This place is massive. I'm just, like, gazing at the the walls at this point. Stop waving at people! So you walk up to the barn, and the doors are shut. How would you like to approach this barn shop? It's not like a ranch that has, like, an open field on the side because it's so very cluttered. It's a very large barn. Maybe uh, I'll get out and knock on the thing, I guess, on the barn door. All right. So you knock on it. It takes a second, but not too long. And the door does slide open, and you hear, oh, yeah? Oh, God damn it. I'm busy, like, rustling through my bag trying to find the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's here somewhere. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're just uh, getting into town, and uh, we were looking for a place to hitch up our, our, our horse and buggy here. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, this is potentially a question, so if you're uh, looking to... I can, I can take them in for you. You okay. remind me yeah. of someone. Oh, yeah, where did you get the horse from? Why? That's right! <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes. Oh, here, here it is, here it is. I'll pull it out, The uh, I guess the receipt I got. Oh, From, oh. Uh, from Clanport. Oh, yeah, Clanport? That's a long journey. I see you talk to Haya? Yeah. Well, I'm Ryan. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand anything he's saying. Do you guys ever get, like, deja vu? Uh, not before, but I, I think, uh, yes. No, but I feel like we do the same stuff a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you. Yeah, wagon, yeah, box, yeah, panto. Ain't no refund for it. Uh, yeah. Let me give, give me one shot. I'll take the horse wagon off your hand, and uh, I'll get you your money. I'm just smiling and nodding <laughs> the entire time he's talking. <laughs> and he disappears back into the barn for a moment. We're not a moment because he's got to count some coins. But he walks back out eventually, and uh, he has a sack of 40 gold coins, and he hands them to you. All right, here's your refund. Yes, you too. <laughs> and I hope you all have a pleasant trip into Shell. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to just wave. <laughs> he guides the horses into the barn, and it pulls the wagon inside. Then he closes the barn door behind. That went well, I guess. Yeah, I think that was a good outcome. What's wrong with that family? <laughs> I think they all got their tongues ritually removed or something. <laughs> They're not related, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, let's go. I want to see this city. I'm just going to start walking. As you get closer to the gate, you get your first glimpse of Shandlin's army and the city guard, the Sentinels. These soldiers dressed in plated armor from head to toe look much like the walls. 
Each metal plate coated in gold reflects the daylight. Brass-colored chainmail hides beneath the plates, and white cloth sashes and cloaks decorate this aesthetic. Their helmets wing out near the jawline while coming to a bulbous cone at the top. They wield long spears and large curved tower shields. A short sword is strapped to the side of each of their waist. Three guards stand on the left and right of this gate. They are looking straight forward, feet planted firmly with no tremble or movement. And as you walk between these six sentinels into the gated tunnel, even though they look straight forward, you know they watch each of you closely. It's so bright here. And I'll just kind of like have my eyes shielded by one of my hands. As we're passing by the sentinels, I just want to be like, yes, hello, good day, good day. <laughs> I'm just gazing upwards. As you step into the shade and darkness of the tunnel, you see slots in the ceiling of multiple portcullis gates that could drop instantly to stop an oncoming force. You can determine the depth of the wall in this tunnel, and it appears to be upwards of 50 feet wide. And as you face forward and see the light at the end of the tunnel, Astra, it gets brighter, and you feel a surge of magic take over you. A white void fills your vision. It goes silent. Completely silent. You look down at your feet, and they are firmly planted in this nothingness. Then you hear, You... You left. Why did you leave? It took so long for you to come back. I know it must have been hard out there on your own. But even as a child, I thought you would have known how important it was you stayed. Even with me gone. Fading into vision, you see your point of view as a child under your bed. Your father is gone, off on military duty with the Sentinels and thieves had just broken into your home. Your mother hid you under your bed while she takes a dagger in hand to meet them. You hear a fight in the other room. You hear your mom scream clearly, and then it becomes muffled, and then silence. Your young self whimpers as softly as possible, afraid of being noticed, but it stays silent. Eventually, you walk into the hallway to find your home has been destroyed on the inside, and your mother is gone, kidnapped. Searching the room, you find a necklace with a large diamond embedded in a pendant laying on the ground near the door. Your mother's necklace. You fall to your knees near it and cup it in your hands and quietly cry as you fade back into that white void. And then you hear again, the guardians allowed me to provide you this final message if you ever returned. I'm sorry that I haven't been able to help you. It must have been difficult learning about the magic that surges within you. I hope you have learned to tame it, because an evil is somewhere in this city. And Chandlin needs you to protect it now more than ever, as I no longer can. But oh, my, have you grown, my auburn-haired beauty. I hope you know I'm always with you. My love for you is eternal, but you must defend the city against this evil, my daughter. And your mother's voice fades away. This vision happened in an instant. You were mid-step before, and then you continue that step as you come out of this vision. You are so attuned and practiced with your divination now that the magical sickness that seemed to take over you before no longer happens. Your companions have no clue you just had a vision, as it happened in the blink of an eye while walking through the crowded tunnel. I'm just going to stop. Hey, keep moving. What are you doing? You hear somebody behind you. Okay, I'll... 
awkwardly. Sorry. I'll, I guess, like, get next to a building and just kind of, like, sit there for a second. Okay. Yeah, you kind of push. Can, can you continue through the tunnel because it is pretty crowded. And then as soon as you get to the tunnel, you kind of pull your companions to the side, I guess. Or do you want to just step to the side yourself? I'm just going to step to the side myself. Okay. Uh, everyone give you perception checks. It's like losing a kid in a crowded Mardi Gras setting. Yeah. 14. 17. 11. 18. Doroth and Finch, you both catch that Astra steps to the right as soon as she gets out the tunnel and kind of stops and takes a breather. Can we say that I was standing near her and it, she actually like brushes me? Sure. And that's how I noticed. Hey, where, where, where is she going? I'm still walking forward, just looking up, gazing around. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, Keth and Felomir, you're still kind of caught in the traffic and you just keep moving forward into the town square. Doroth, you'll probably stop and hug to the corner and Finch, you're I'll like... I'll probably be the guy in the middle and I'll, I'll try and call out like, uh, Keth, Felomir, hold, hold up. What? What? Astra. And, and I'll, I'll try and point. So everyone starts kind of making their way towards you while Doroth's standing next to you. You can't just stop. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I just, I just saw my mom. Uh-huh. Where is she? I'm just going to start looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Did I think my mom was dead? Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought we were looking for your dad. I thought we were looking for the witch lady. Well, I mean, I, I don't, thought we were trying to make it that. through the fucking tunnel. I don't see her. <laughs> Wait, is the witch your mom? No, I. Once we walked into the tunnel, I, I got a vision. It's, it was my mom. I had like a flashback to my childhood, and I thought my mom was dead, but I don't. Is my mom a lesser guardian? Wait a minute. Wait, what? What happened? A vision. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, just like... Up. <laughs> that's, that's a t-shirt that also needs to happen. <laughs> Bellamere's going, a vision? It needs to be like a, like a silhouette of me just like <laughs> looking around confused. I, I, I don't know how to comprehend this. What, why do you think that your mom is a lesser guardian? I don't know how else she would be speaking to me. It's like every time we enter a new city, I always get some kind of message from the Lesser Guardian, but she said the Guardians allowed her to give one last message to me on my return to the city. She said that she didn't think I would leave and that I should have stayed. I had something about my magic. She made it seem like I never should have left Chandelin and that she knew about my magic inside of me, but I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. But didn't you leave Chandelin to look for your father? Yeah. Wait, didn't you leave Chandelin because you were on the run from a witch? Yes. Amongst other things. Seems like there's a lot of reasons for you to leave. Well, now, the fact that you had a vision is rather interesting. You seem to only have them whenever lesser guardians are present. So wait, does that mean your mom's a lesser guardian? Was she the guardian protecting the city? I don't know. She said the Guardians allowed her to relay this message to me whenever I returned. Are you supposed to be a lesser guardian protecting the city? I don't know. She said there's some evil in the city, and apparently it needs my magic, or me knowing how to use my magic to help protect the city, since she can no longer protect it. Hmm. Finch, didn't you say something about Heltron and the lesser guardians? Yeah, the Lesser Guardian is the last line of defense. All of the Guardians are pretty much gone. And he also, I mean, alluded to the fact that maybe someone in this in, in this party of ours is also a key to something, to, to, towards victory or towards balance, whatever we want to call it. 
And I mean, if you might be a descendant of a lesser guardian, uh, he Eltron definitely confirmed that you, Keth, are part of Ex Dulu. Maybe Astra's the key? I don't know. I mean, that could explain your visions in the first place. And they all revolve around lesser guardians. I guess. I'd, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so we have uh, quite a few questions at this point. However, I don't think we should discuss them here in the middle of the street. That's probably true. Nothing else. We have a warning about this place. Yes, quite a few. Something going on, for sure. Uh, we need to find somewhere to, to stay. Yeah, some, somewhere, preferably, without all these people around. Yes, a, home, a lot of people. A home base, if you will. Once you kind of get moving again, the five of you look around to the hectic life of the city near the gate. And around you, the buildings have bottom halves made of brick and stone, while the upper levels are made of wood. Different natural wood colors give these Tudor-style buildings a natural vibrance across the city. Lush green trees are planted evenly down the streets and help provide a pleasant view. A recent rain gives the cobblestone streets a glistening shine in the daylight, and you notice that the rain is actually running off into sewer grates. There appears to be a functioning sewer system. Multiple taverns can be seen along the street, and you can hear music and joyous laughter from inside. It appears that people are already getting into the spirit of the summer quantal, as it is only one week away. Red, orange, and yellow decorations are all over the place inside the city walls, and the smell you would normally associate to a congested city isn't there, as people are cooking in large quantities for feasts leading up to the big day. But across the way of the entrance square, you see a wooden sign catty-cornered between the main road and a side road. It says, Welcome to Chandelin, and has a map carved in the wood of the sign. It looks to be a generic showing of where each zone in the city is. I'm just going to stop where I am and look around. <laughs> guys! Guys, guys, guys! North, what? Did you have a vision too? <laughs> Even better! Look! It's almost time for the Quantal! <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, right. Um, We're here just in time! I just imagine, like, a stream of pedestrians, like, walking around him, and we can't see. We just hear him yelling about the summer quantal. <laughs> Before we start to move around, too, I'm also going to make a, a point to put my Crimson Command medallion, like, with uh, underneath my shirt or whatever I'm wearing. Okay. Um, and then also just trying to keep an, an eye out for Crimson Command members or... Okay. Yeah, that. Okay. Those two things. Astra, if you would like to give me a navigation check with your with navigation tools, if you have them, or a wisdom check, you can try to remember some of your favorite hot spots in the city since you've only been gone for two years. I do have city secrets. Uh, city secrets isn't necessarily a skill; it just is, gives you the ability to move through the city at double the speed if you know where you're going. Gotcha. What check would that be? I don't think you're proficient in navigation tools, so I'll say a wisdom check. You're somewhat familiar with this area of town because you lived in both the Canal District as a child and then in the Bronze District when you were orphaned. These two districts you're very familiar with. You also know that kind of like what each district is about. The Gold District is where all the rich and nobility live. The Castle District is where the King, the Chancellors, and the Archons live. The trade district is high markets and shops. Uh, orders, unions, and guilds also have most of their headquarters here. 
The Iron District is where all the crafting takes place, and also some of those smiths have homes in the district. The Festival District is where the city's leaders will make public appearances and festivities are hosted. Also, that's where the temples and shrines to guardians are. And then the other three are pretty apparent, which is the Wizard's Rainbow, the Wiggistry University, and, and the Sentinel Barracks. Wait, so there's a Wizard's Rainbow and a Wiggistry University? Yes. That are separate? They're separate. Okay. The only district nestled between the two is the Gold District, which is the one of, like, first-class nobility mm -hmm. and stuff. The good part of town. Yeah. So where are the taverns? Uh, taverns are all over the city, um, but most of the... Like, I would say, I guess the good taverns are probably in the trade district, but there are several along the road pretty much everywhere. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm more comfortable with the, the bronze and canal district. I stayed there for my time here, but uh, we might find some better lodging, you know, closer to like the trade district or the gold district. I don't think we want to stay in the bronze district. That's also where the sorceress is. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Finch, do you know where the, the Crimson Command is located here? Yeah, pull out my crudely drawn map that I based off of. Uh, no, it's basically just that there is a Crimson Command outpost in Chandelin. You don't know where it is there. And if D, if Astra's check for on her wisdom check would have been higher, she would have known, but she does not know. No, I, I'm afraid the map that I made, you know, crudely drawn based off of the map at the last outpost doesn't uh, show exactly where in the city. Okay, I'm sure we could find out easily enough. The trade district sounds fine. You could probably head in that direction. Like I said, at least um, find somewhere to sort of establish ourselves and get our bearings, so to speak. Sounds good to me. Anything to get off these streets. Looking at people that are passing uncomfortably close to, to me. Yes, it is rather crowded. Yeah, crowds make me a little uneasy. Not used to seeing this many people in one place. You guys should really get out more. It's about to be even more crowded with the Quantal, so follow me and I'll I'll take us there. All right, uh, Astra leads you quickly through the streets of Chandelin into the Trade District. The Trade District is very clean. It's um. It's basically where most people come to buy things if they live here in town. Uh, the imports and exports of the town usually either come on by river, come in by river, and hit up the canal district, and then all of those imports or exports get distributed out throughout the city. And the trade district is one of the places where they receive most of the imports to sell. You do find a tavern pretty quickly along the road, and it is called the Sloppy Slug. Hey. hey, there it is. Been waiting to get to Chandelin to drop that one because that's <laughs> where it's been the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I want, um, wasn't uh, the fucking other place, the Spotty Tea place, wasn't that in Chandelin? I was wondering if I was going to find some Spotted Tea M here. Mrs. Ash's Spotty Tea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that probably was in Chandelin, yeah. Cool. Somewhere. It's probably in the Gold District. <laughs> A sloppy slug, huh? Oh, this one's perfect. And I just want to, like, Go up to the door and push them open and walk in. So you push open the doors and you see a very rambunctious tavern. People are obviously prepping for the summer quantal. And it it's basically like leading up to the quantal. There are, I guess people are taking days off from their day jobs and such uh, throughout the week leading up to the big day. And 
this happens to be one of those places. You actually see, we'll say, four musicians on a pretty large stage off to the side playing music, uh, mostly stringed instruments, and L's are being thrown around everywhere. But no one seems to be really violent about it. It's very cheerful here. All right, I want to step into, kind of into, like, past the doorway and just spread my arms out and go, Happy Quantal, everyone! <laughs> Give me a performance check. 17. People do take notice to your voice, and they all turn and look at you and say, Happy Quantal! Yes, 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 everyone. My name is Dorth Babe Groman Kyle, and I will be your entertainment for the evening. I want to look over to the band and be like, if it so suits you. Uh, they actually haven't stopped playing or noticed you. They just continue. They're just jamming out on their own instruments. All right. I'm just going to pretend they did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, they don't answer you. Yes. <laughs> I'll just go and have a conversation with them and I'll be right back. So you're going to the musicians? Yes. Okay. So you walk up to the stage. What are the four of you doing as Dorothy walks over to the stage? Uh, I guess we're staying here and I'll just walk in and follow him. You're following him? Well, no, yeah, I'll walk in behind him, but I'm okay. not going to the stage. Okay. Are you going to the bar? Yeah, I would probably just look around awkwardly for a couple seconds and then walk up to the bar. Everybody else? Yeah, I'm oh, going same. to the bar. So the four of you walk up to the bar while, while Doroth walks up to the musicians. Doroth, they are still playing their music and they just think you're just like kind of a listener and they don't pay you any attention at all. I want to try to... Uh get one of them's attention and then just open my backpack and show the instruments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll say that like an acoustic guitar player is the one that notices you and he uh, smiles and then shakes his head. I want to uh, try to get his attention again okay. and pull out um, as as a bass player. Yeah. This is the most annoying I know. Yep. I, know. <laughs> I want to pull out the uh, pan flute and just have it in my like I, I don't know if I can roll like a persuasion check. Uh, I'm trying to persuade him to like let me on stage. Give me a persuasion check at disadvantage. Okay. Nice. Okay, that's twelve. He still continues to smile at you, but shakes his head. Ah, who's in charge here? And I'm gonna go to the bar. <laughs> okay. So we'll say that they get to the bar before you, and uh, you'll catch up eventually. Thalamir, you were the one that was kind of leading the charge there, so I will let you approach the bar. We'll say that there's multiple people running the bar, and then there's like one man standing in the back kind of watching things from a distance and making sure everything's being done. Probably the general manager or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he looks at you and uh, notices that like no one's come to you pretty quickly, so he walks over and says, Yes, can I help you? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have any rooms available? Ooh. Uh, that's a pretty rough one. It's, it is the summer quantal. We're taking in quite a few merchants and such. Uh, let me see. I'll go see what keys we have. I'll just nod at him. And he walks into the back. Uh, and then the four of you are standing there. And then you see Doroth approach. Do I still see that guy? The general or manager? Did he just walk out of our view? He walked out of the view, like to the back, like to the kitchen, basically. To okay. go see, I guess, what kind of keys they have. Excuse me. Who, who was that? I don't know. He just came and asked what he could do for us. Oh, maybe, so maybe he's in charge or something? Something like that. He went to go check on uh, what rooms were available. I need to see someone in charge right now. Well, okay. And I'll just kind of like back away from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so that man does come back and he sees that you've now behind Doroth 
And he says, oh, yes, we do have two rooms available. Oh, yes? Well, I was talking to him behind you, but yes. We That's do. wonderful. I have a request of you. Okay. I would like to take the stage in, let's say, 30 minutes and perform for you. Well, it's not that simple. We have quite a few, like quite a long list of the lineup. We have many entertainers here in the town for the Quantel. Do you have the list? I can probably get with someone, yes. Oh, Why? so you don't have a physical list? No, I, I do have at? the physical list, but I don't have the physical list. Oh, that's, that's fine, whatever. Look, please, can you sneak me in just a little bit? Do, do you know who this is? This is your fave Grovacal. That, wait, that's news to you? Uh, yes, unfortunately it is. I'm not sure who you are. You don't know? Um, well, as he said, I am Dorth Fabe Groman Kyle. I am a bard. He's going to play this great song called Cat the Giant Slayer. It'll be a hit. He may, given a, a, an opportunity to play anything. Give me a persuasion check. 16. Okay, I'll, I'll see if we can move some things around, but I mean, we, we have a lot of big name entertainers in town. I'll see what I can do, though. Thank you very I'll reach the shake his hand. He reaches across the counter. To Thank you very much. Um, Gorvis. Gorvis Ambershade. Gorvis. Uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Doroth. Fabe Groman Kyle. You can just call me Doroth. Doroth. He walks away and y'all kind of sit around for a second and then a uh, another bartender walks up and she says, uh, did anyone get your drinks? Or did you want any drinks? Yeah, we'll, we'll have a round. And uh, do you have food? Uh, we do have food, yes. Uh, we've got a special going on. Can we point at me? <laughs> Give me something, Ryan. Uh, Meat and potatoes. Uh, rack of lamb. We got a rack of lamb, and it's uh, for an ale, and the rack of lamb is going to be 10 gold each. It's pricey here. I'm not hungry. I'll, I'll have a... I'll, I'll, I'll get around the, around the hill. Sorry, it's just quite busy with the, with the summer quantum coming. All right, we're just around. Around the L is going to be 10 gold. Five five ales. All right, all right. I'll slide uh, 10 gold across the counter. Thanks, Kath. Yeah, thank you, Kath. Um, do I see the the GM walking around still? Uh, no, he's gone back to get the lineup. Okay. Um, I'm just going to wait on him. Okay. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to look to everyone. Uh, well, it... The, the guy in charge over there said they have two rooms available. Uh, do you guys want to stay here and share rooms or look somewhere else? I mean, I, I think sharing rooms probably better than not. To get at least one of them, yeah. True, and probably would be a little safer. He comes back. All right, um, I got the lineup here. Let's see. We've got uh, ten entertainers on from here forward. You said you're looking to go on in 30 minutes? Uh, well, whatever could accommodate. I mean... Well, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Okay. Well, um, let's see. In an hour, we have a slot of 10 minutes that is not filled. Uh, I can pay you 20 gold for those 10 minutes. I can. Well, maybe we can come to an agreement. Maybe if, if I can stay here and maybe oh, eat for the night. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do that. We're already housing four other entertainers, and the rooms that we have need to go towards people that are paid. Uh, fine. I'll take the 20 gold. Uh, how, how much is a room? Uh, a room's going to be 30 gold. Okay. Hold up. I'm doing this for a discount on a room? Um, I'm paying you 20 gold. I'm not giving you a room for free. I mean, you can stay wherever you'd like, but I mean, I'll pay you 20 gold for, yes. your, for 10 minutes. Yes, that, that line. You can stay wherever you like. You drive a hard bargain. Fine. I will accept your fee. All right. Well, we'll see you in an hour for 10 minutes on stage. Yes, you will. And we'll we'll um, we'll take the rooms, both rooms. Very good. Uh, both rooms. 
So you're paying 60 for both rooms? I thought I heard you say something about sharing a room. Well, there's five of us, two rooms. Oh, uh, believe me, I've got some people staying in one room for eight. One it is. Wait, 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 wait. Let's see these rooms. Are they big? I mean, there's not eight beds. How many beds are there? Uh, the, let's see, the one that I have, these two, there will be two beds in each. Oh, I'm looking at everyone. Guys, it's probably safer just to all be in one room anyways. Let's let's just do the one. I'll sleep on the floor. I don't have a problem with people piling up in one room. It's, it's crazy around here. It's going to be hard to find a room anywhere else. We'll take the one. One it is. Uh, he hands you the key. Takes 30 gold from you. Yes. And uh, we'll say you finish off your ales, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And head upstairs. Yeah. And upstairs you find your room. We'll say it's number 14. Okay. Can we say that I told, or maybe that someone to come get me when that hour slot is up, or do I, should I just be mindful I, of that? I think he said be here in an hour for your 10-minute okay. slot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good to know. So you enter your room. There are two beds. We'll say that it's got, like, a single chest of drawers, <laughs> an armoire, a desk, and a ceramic bowl basin, pretty large, filled with clean water. I'm going to plop on one of the beds. Okay. Oh, nice bed. I haven't had one of these in a minute. I'll just stretch out on it. I'll uh, put my bedroll down on the floor and just kind of have a seat. Yeah, you didn't say there was any seating in here, did you? No. Okay. I'll uh, do the same. Put, pull out my bedroll. And... I did say there was a desk, right? Yeah. So there's, uh, a, there's uh, a single chair at the desk. I'm going to go sit in the chair. Okay. I'm going to go look out the window. All right. There are curtains, so you just kind of like peek out the curtain, like kind of leaning against the wall, watching the streets below. We'll say you're like three stories up and this is like a four-story building. I'm just going to eye everyone else and just slowly put my bag on the bed. (laughs) (laughs) No one else is going to take it. It's all yours. I don't sleep much these days anyways. Cool, thanks. (laughs) I'll just keep staring out the window. Okay. Are you looking for anything particular? Just I mean, maybe just watching the people again. I'm I'm kind of trying to keep an eye out to see if there's anyone that I think could be a Crimson Command. Not that I'm gonna like try and talk to them, but just to you know, that's just what I'm, my eyes are looking for. I right understand. Now. You haven't seen any Crimson Command still, but you do see Sentinels quite a bit, especially with their gold-plated armor. They stand out in in the, any large crowd. You'll what, see. What them. does Finch know about the Sentinels? Like, do I respect them? Like, holy shit! Like these guys are legit, or is it like? Uh, I mean, they're the military of the mm-hmm. nation, so... I know that they're above guard. Give me a history check. Okay. 14. You've heard tales of the Sentinel Army. Their military formations are pretty much well-known throughout the world. They do, like, a phalanxing tower shield kind of thing if in real world. Real world. Real world. Real world. <laughs> real world terms, they are... Uh, basically like the Greek and Roman phalanxes where they could use their tower shields to pretty much protect them from any ranged defenses uh-huh. or ranged attacks and take on anything that would charge at them at the same time. Cool. They have lost to Rodana in the past. You know that, but you don't know really the details of when and how. You just know that Rodana did at one point to beat the Sentinels. Keth, you know, but you're not really questioning it, but you know that the, that the nation of Athern, the orcs, did defeat the Sentinels at one point as well, or defended off, defended an attack from the Sentinels. Okay, so they definitely like are to be respected, but they've all—they're not like—they're not invincible. They're not, yeah, they're not undefeated or anything. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't appear you haven't seen town guards though. You've only seen Sentinels. 
What time of day is it? Uh, we'll say it's getting mid-afternoon, so 2 or 3 o'clock. So now that you're in the tavern, I know y'all were trying to get to a point where y'all could talk not around people. Yeah, I'll sit up in the bed and I'll say, so what's our plan? What are we doing first? I would at least like to put eyes on where Bryn could, could possibly be with, with the Black Orb. I'm not ready to advance on, on that situation yet, but I, I need to know at least where it's at and what, what is surrounding it. I think Astra's problems should maybe be addressed first. Uh, yes, we should at least figure out where the, the outpost for the Crimson Command is located. And uh, Astra, do you recall any more of where this witch could be located? She used to live in the Bronze District. I would assume she might still be there. And we should check on that as well. Do you have an idea of where the uh, Crimson Command outpost could be? I'll give you another wisdom safe or wisdom check. Uh, 21. Uh, you don't know specifically, but you do know that the Canal District is the largest district in Chandelin, and it's where most of the populace lives. You could assume that with the, like, variety of structures throughout the Canal District, it's probably somewhere in there. If you knew what the building looked like, you could probably vision it and know where it is, but there's not, like, you don't know of any, like, this is where the Crimson Command outpost is because it's, there's not probably a sign that says it or anything like that. And the Crimson Command probably meant nothing to you when you lived here. Um, if, if I were to assume, I would think it would probably be in the Canal District where everybody lives, uh, or at least most of the populace lives. Okay, and, uh, and, and your witch is in the Bronze District? Yeah, they're they're pretty much right next to each other, so could kind of uh, hit one and then the other. What are we going to do when we confront her? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to find out what she did to Oystrich. I mean, she said that I assume she said that I was cursed, but, you know, I found out later that it was actually Oystrich that was cursed, and I just want to know what's going on, why and how, and... Do you think she's going to answer you willingly? I don't know. I, um... Might have some things up my sleeve if she doesn't. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to kind of make eyes at Dorothy. <laughs> I mean, you you didn't have a bad relationship with her until you stole Oystrich and ran away. She was teaching you how to control your magic, so. And do you wish to confront her? Yeah, I mean, she was my mentor, and I'd, I haven't seen her since, you know, I left here as a kid, but I, I would like to know what she did to Oystrich, and I mean, maybe she knows something about my mom. Well, I see no reason why, if we know where she's located, we can't just knock on her door. A nod in agreement. I don't know what else there is to do, so, yeah. So I was thinking, when I go out, I would get their attention with Inside Out, and then I would go into a spoken word piece that, uh, 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 I'm so nervous, I can't even talk. Uh, a spoken word piece that I wrote called Pretty Posies Falling. Huh? Oh, right. Yes, your performance. Yes. Huh? Uh, well, I wait, guess we... It's only ten minutes. We can wait around for that. Well, well, how long has it been? How long has it been? We'll say it's been 45 minutes since y'all oh. kind of like had a talk, got settled in the room. Oh, shit. How long has it been? Whatever. I'm going to run downstairs. Okay. Doris rushes out of the room. I want to rush back upstairs and <laughs> grab my bag off the bed and run back downstairs. Okay. Okay, good. Good plan, everyone. All right. <sighs> and I'll uh, slowly walk out <laughs> and go downstairs. We'll say that as you kind of arrive, uh, the act that was playing when you arrived is also still playing. 
and they finish up as like you kind of make your way to the stage. They pick up a bucket that's near the front of the stage and there were coins thrown in it for tips and they kind of just pocket them and do things and they leave the bucket. They are empty and they exit the stage and... All right, I'm going to go on stage and I have my... Um, let's go with the accordion. Okay, so you pull out your accordion. I pull out the accordion and uh, pull, you know, stretch it out and then... And so like two opening chords just to, you know, get everyone's attention. Okay. Let's see if you grab their attention with a performance check. Okay. Five. That is a crit miss, but I'm going to use a lucky dice. Okay. Oh, there they are. Forgot I had them. Uh, I'm going to use another one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about the actual performance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crit. Okay. Okay. So crit. So you will now have advantage on all of your performance checks uh, for this performance. Okay. You grab the attention of everyone with one squeeze of your accordion, and they all turn and go silent, staring at you. <laughs> well, I'm going to pause for a second and just look back and forth. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to, what's the name of this tavern? This is just the Sloppy Slug. But the, thank you, the Sloppy Slug. And I am your entertainment for the next 10 minutes. I am Dorth Babe Grumman Kyle, a gnomish bard. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> little, little comedy to start the... the anyway, let's get started. <clears throat> and I'm going to start singing. Uh, I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rhymes. But the lack the row would leave me empty inside. <laughs> All right, that. give me a performance check Bandana with advantage. I'm the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I'm the crowd. <laughs> nice, uh, 18. All right. With an 18, people, you can see people not like cheering along or anything, but you can see them nodding their head and tapping their toes. They're not paying attention to their own conversations. Okay. And we'll say that you get six gold pieces thrown in the bucket. Okay. And then uh, at the end of that song, and then, thank you, thank you, every, everyone. Yes, you you may tip me if you feel so inclined. There's not a loud applause, but there is a like, there uh, is an applause. An clap. acknowledgement that yeah. they were entertained. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Um, For my next piece, um, I was going to do a spoken word, but you guys seem more rambunctious and ready to party, right? Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe I could uh, just play an instrumental thing, something you can dance to. And I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So give me another performance check. Oh, my God. Crit. Crit? Yes. Okay. People stand up to these to this, like, polka-style accordion. <laughs> and uh, they put, like, people start pushing tables to the side. <laughs> oh, and, like, fuck yeah. open up a little dance floor. <laughs> yeah, the and, pit. And they are having a blast. And this time... In your tip jar, you receive, oh my God, 22 gold pieces. We're adding up. All right. This is cool. And uh, we'll, we'll do that for about five minutes. Okay. So we'll say we're about at... You got one final act in your okay. 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Oh, guys. You guys are so energetic. I love that. All right, uh, you know, uh, give yourselves a round of applause. And people cheer Woo! loudly and clap and have a great time. And uh, lastly, I'm going to do like a sing-along type of thing. All right, now you guys all know this song. You can sing together and, you know, hug each other and all of that. Uh, one, two, three, 
Sing us a song on the piano, man. <laughs> One of those. Oh, man. All right. Uh, give me another performance check. God. 17. 17 is a success. Uh, people kind of put their arms around each other's necks and shoulders, and they wave in the crowd, and <laughs> they sing along with you, and they have a joyous time. And okay. your tip jar fills up again with four more gold pieces. Nice. So I got, you know, 32 gold from that. That's like a room. <laughs> Sweet. All right. You ain't even got paid yet. Right? <laughs> That's just tips. So you finish up your set. Encore. Encore. I yell from the bar. And you see like these two dwarves that have like really long skinny guitars that are standing next to the stage waiting to go on. All right. So I literally just want to stare off stage at them like, what instrument is that? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, guys. It's been great. Uh, give a round of applause for everyone you saw and we'll see tonight. Uh, I got to know what instrument that is. <laughs> and I'll get off stage. All right. You get off stage and the dwarves actually seem kind of like happy about you. And they okay. say, oh, thank you so much. You warmed up the crowd nicely. This next hour should be good. Th thank you. And, I and they jump onto the stage and that's all they care to say to you. <laughs> Why is this so bittersweet? Divas. I'm going to go find the uh, the manager. All right. You see your four friends standing like in the staircase. They were watching from a distance, we'll say. You walk over to the bar, and the general manager is standing there, and he doesn't seem to notice you or care. I guess uh, eventually he's looking around as you see somebody is not being attended to, and that's you, and he walks <laughs> over to you. He says, oh, uh, how, was your, how was your performance? You didn't see? Oh no! Sorry, we we're pretty busy with our with our customers. I rocked the proverbial and literal house. Oh, that's that's very good, <laughs> very good. Glad you and you had a good time. Uh, I, what did I tell you? Ten gold. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry. What 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 did I say? You told me twenty. Twenty? Okay. Uh, he takes. But I think I deserve thirty, given my performance. Give me a persuasion check. Thank you. It's <laughs> a so 14. He says, oh, no, I'm sorry. Maybe for your next performance, we can pay you a little more for more time. But for 10 minutes, I'm only giving you 20 gold. Any? I'm going to take the 20 gold. So there will be a next performance? Possibly. Uh, tomorrow, check in for the lineup. Thank you. I think this is a beautiful business relationship. Now go back sure. to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Doris. Well done. That was, uh, you really got the people moving in here. Well, I, th thank you. It is good to be appreciated. It's probably the best performance you've had yet. Thank you. Right? I, I feel good about what I did tonight. You did good, buddy. Give me a perception check, Dorothy. 16. You hear these two people walking down the stairs and they say, Oh, man, I can't wait for tonight. Can't wait to hear Lorik Hyros here at the Sloppy Slug. He's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I saw him like a year ago for the other summer quantal. And he, I mean, he travels all over the world all the time. I just can't. I'm just going to follow them with my eyes, but not with my body. And they walk out the like the door into the street. And just take in that information. They said he's going to be here. Sloppy slug headlining. Tonight. Tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is the console like a South by Southwest vibe where you go to different bars for the shows or is there like a main like a, a main stage and a side stage or the day of the console it's pretty elaborate and all over the place in the city but leading up to the day of uh -huh. the summer console there's like performances going on okay. throughout the whole city I can't believe my fucking ears well yes uh, wonderful performance Doris. we should probably get going now why why can't I have anything well, what just... do you mean 
everything I try to have goes to shit. Why can't I have anything? That was a great performance. You just Doris, had a great what? performance. No, they what even like mean? moved the table so they could dance. I don't even notice that there's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so remember Crimson Command. Yeah, we got at least two districts to uh, explore still. What now? We're losing light. Uh, Are you tired? Are you okay? I'm unwell. What's what's wrong? I I think I should should lay down for a while. You guys go without me. <laughs> uh, are you are you sure? Oh, I'm gonna put my <laughs> hand on my forehead. <laughs> uh, I I mean, if if you insist, is everything okay? I think the performance just took a lot out of me. I mean, if it's what you really want, I I feel like we should stay together, though. Well, but of, of course, it isn't what I want. But well, then what can we do for you? I, just give me time, please. Go on without me. <laughs> I, if if you insist. I mean, you you could ride on my shoulders if you're tired of walking or something. Damn. <laughs> uh. You can always make some good berries if you're hungry. <laughs> 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 We have literally all the magic. <laughs> yeah. We can heal you, dude. Um, I... I believe Astra has lesser restoration to cure exhaustion. <laughs> right? There's no excuse. She can mend anything you have. Can't, can't you just make things better for yourself? <laughs> I, I, sure, you're right. Let's go. So where are y'all headed? <laughs> to the bronze district, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess we should decide where we're if we're gonna go to the Crimson Command or the. Well, if we think that the Crimson Command outpost is probably somewhere in the Canal District, if I'm looking at the map right, I think we go through the Canal District to get to the bronze district. You can go through either district to get to the other district. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. Well, let let's. I think that we can probably go through the canal district to get to the bronze district. So, because again, I don't, I don't necessarily want to stop at the, the Crimson Command outpost, but just to try and get our bearings and see what it looks like and who's around it. And we can just keep moving on to uh, Astra's yeah. mission. Let's check it out. Sounds good. All right. So you head outside of the sloppy slug and towards the canal district. By the way, I am keeping my eyes peeled for this man. <laughs> like, He's got to be somewhere close. is a thing that's did did he say anything of chandolin no we didn't speak of chandolin i should have said something you did have a vision before heltron bright colors spiral in the dark oh, well, and I mean, then halted i don't know that was just a bunch of bright colors <laughs> there was somebody that spoke you saw somebody that was familiar to you fuck dave <laughs> <laughs> Everybody can yeah, you might as well, dude, for real. <laughs> a warmth comes over you as your vision fades to a swirling effect. As you step into the shade and darkness of the tunnel, you see slots in the ceiling of multiple por- portic- 
Portcullis. Porticulus. 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 I don't think there's an I between the T and the C. Portcullis. Portcullis. But what's the plural of portcullis? Portcullises? Portcullis I. What are y'all saying? Portcullis. You know, it's the, like the, the gate that drops down. Yeah. And, and, We've been and calling all... it the particulars. Yeah, I've always called it a particulars. <laughs> I've always said portcullis, but I don't know what the plural would be. Well, I'm going to say por- portcullis gates. I'm thinking gotcha. the plural gates. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Mandala. <laughs> portcullis. Portcullis. Okay. She said that she didn't think I would leave. And that I should have stayed. I something about my magic. I don't know. It felt like I should have never left. I sh- <laughs> <laughs> got him. There you go, Finch. <laughs> you big dumb idiot. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's pronounced left. <laughs> there we go.